On this week's NFE SDN Reality Check, we talk with AT&T to get an update on their extensive virtualization plans. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Comscope. Thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's NFE SD and Reality Check. I'm your host, Dan Meyer, Editor-in-Chief of RCR Wireless News. And today we are joined by Andre Fuchs, who's the SVP of Network and Design for AT&T. Hey, Andre, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Good to be here. Thanks, Dan. Great. Well, obviously, AT&T has been uh, at the forefront uh, when it comes to uh, the NFE and SDN revolution, uh, seemingly coming across the telecom market. I know you guys, uh, I guess about seven or eight months ago now, uh, announced, uh, at least publicly, kind of a big push uh, for SDN and NFE and virtualization in general. Uh, I know you guys have been working on it, you know, beyond that as well. But uh, actually, again, a pretty long time you're working on the topic. So hoping to get from you guys just an update on what's been going on. So yeah, maybe I guess a quick update from you on kind of what's the progress been over the past seven or eight months that you guys have kind of announced the big program. I know you've had a lot of announcements about it, but hoping to get from you just some insight there on what's been going on uh, in terms internally that AT&T on, on the progress. Yeah, sure, Dan. Uh, we've actually made some great headway here. Um, as we announced uh, in the early part or late part of last year, we set a pretty ambitious goal out there, and that is to uh, virtualize and, and uh, software control over 75% of our network over the next five years. And a pretty ambitious goal. <laughs> and, where we, and, um, and so we made some great progress here. Um, right now, our goal for the year uh, for 2015 is actually 5% of that 75. So although it may sound like a small percentage, we're actually building a lot of the basic building blocks that will allow us to ramp up much, much faster mm -hmm. in the coming years. So um, part of that goal was to um, actually focus on a couple uh, key areas. And frankly, one of the big areas, in fact, we've been fairly public about, yeah. is launching this um, layer two service out there called Network On Demand. And this, this is a service that basically gives our customers the ability to dynamically uh, control uh, speed between their sites. And, uh, and this is just the beginning of where that, that project is going. Um, uh, just at the end of the first quarter, we actually, um, we, we, we launched that service in a trial mode uh, uh, last year. Uh, end of this first quarter of this year, we actually opened it up to over 100 markets. Mm -hmm. We're now selling it. We're getting uh, great demand on this, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, but Network On Demand has really been uh, uh, one of our cornerstone products and services that's demonstrating uh, software-defined networking in action. Yeah. Um, another area that we launched uh, also this year is mobile call recording, mm -hmm. which is basically a service for again for enterprise-based customers uh, that would like to um, uh, extend some of their call recording features to mobile customer their mobile uh, like field agents mm -hmm. or um, uh, some of their uh, like brokerage houses that yeah. have a need to recall record their calls. Um, all of that is being uh, executed, deployed on a fully virtualized platform that's orchestrated as well as service chain together. Um, and then additionally, 
um, we've been uh, introducing our evolved uh, packet core, our virtualized yeah. mobile packet core. And we've now, uh, we've launched that. We have several hundred thousand subscribers on that platform today. Uh, in the second half of the year, that's going to be moving up into the millions. Yeah. Uh, so that's going very well. So a lot of great progress here. Um, in, in kicking off the program for 2015. Sure, sure. I mean, I obviously you say you have a 5% for the end of the year. It might not seem like a big number, but like you said, you're kind of building something that's completely new, really, and, and this is the building blocks for it. But even, even what you're describing, I mean, you're describing stuff that it seems like the people I've talked to, and that, that's still stuff that's still so out in the future for a lot of people, but you guys were already like putting this stuff actually out in the market. So, about, I mean, well, it seemed like a small number. What you guys are actually doing seems like it's pretty advanced compared to what everybody else in the market is doing. So, you know, not to, not to, I wouldn't downplay the 5% part because again, you guys are doing quite a bit out there and, and kind of leading really uh, what the market is, is looking to do in, in, this, in these services. So it sounds like you guys are actually being somewhat aggressive really trying to get stuff rolled out. Yeah, that, that's right. And so, you know, part of this too, I mean, it's not, it's not just about, hey, taking uh, a, a traditionally network appliance and just, you know, porting it over to the cloud. It's also um, taking that virtualized software now um, and putting it under SDN control, mm -hmm. and then also integrating it into, frankly, a new operational management framework. Mm -hmm. And this is really this is really important because, frankly, that's what's going to allow us to get the operational uh, efficiencies that we need. That's what is, allows a lot of the orchestration and automation that we expect to have. So um, again, it's not a simple software poured over. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts to this. Yeah. And again, as I mentioned, these are we're building a lot of this foundational work this year. And of course, it'll continue on and evolve. Um, but to really get it out there, exercise it, and test it, you got to start start with good, you know, working services. Do it in a very controlled manner. Um, but that's basically the process we're taking. A very methodical process to launching these um, the frankly new technology yeah and that's part of it it seems like too because a lot of this is uh, a lot of new technology but also a lot of new vendors to the telecom space you guys are I know are working with on this too so uh, I'm guessing there's some challenges there in trying to work with companies that perhaps don't have that telecom background but are now bringing technologies that have perhaps been used in the data centers or IT centers previously to this new space where you know obviously telecom has a, a probably a higher uh, quality standard perhaps in a, that a lot of other areas might. So I'm guessing that's going to be a bit of a challenge working with some of these new play, these new players to kind of bring them up to speed and make sure that they know, you know, when you guys are saying we need this this sort of reliability, you know, it's not a three nines or a four nines, it's kind of a, a five nines type of environment that you guys are used to working in. I'm guessing that's been a bit of a challenge as well for you guys. Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, traditionally we've been a, a network operator. Yeah. Um, we Traditionally we haven't been a software company. So, you know, much like, you know, how we approach application performance, uh, application reliability, um, if it were like a voice service, we really built it from the bottoms up, Yeah. right? So that meant going after, uh, you know, custom dedicated hardware, uh, we would build that reliability and scale uh, all the way up through the stack. Um, you know, the web scale companies took this, this very different approach, a very tops down approach. Yeah the opposite, where they built the scale and the reliability, frankly, in the software running on top of commoditized cheap hardware. Mm -hmm. And so we're taking, you know, best practices from both 
and creating a whole new model. Um, and you're right, we are working with um, you know a lot of the traditional um, vendors that uh, that we worked with for decades, but also we're introducing some uh, newer, smaller uh, software, frankly, disruptors into the mix as well. And I think that's an important part of this ecosystem uh, as we make this transformation from a very hardware-centric company to a much more software-centric company. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. How has that ecosystem been developing? Because that does seem that's been a bit of a challenge in, in kind of getting these legacy telecom operators uh, to work perhaps a little more closely with some of these newer players because it does seem traditionally there's, you know, those, those companies had a lot of proprietary so or hardware and software and, you know, they were very rigid in how they dealt with that. Uh, but it seems like in this new environment and this new ecosystem that you guys are really pushing, uh, it has to be a lot more collaborative, it seems. And so I'm guessing the ecosystems had to kind of change and evolve to that new, the new paradigm now that's kind of been pushed out there. Yeah, so that is a great question because, um, you know, part of this, this shift, uh, shift to open, I, yeah. I call it, is basically, you know, moving out of these proprietary standards. And, you know, I want to be careful here because there's still a lot of standards that are oh, very sure. yeah. depending on. So we actually, um, you know, there's frankly a parallel effort here. We still work very closely with the, you know, the typical standard bodies out there, IETF, uh, Etsy, uh, IEEE. Mm -hmm. A lot of those are very key in where we go forward, but we're also working with the, the larger ecosystem in the software area and open source. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of um, consortiums and, and uh, alliances out there that we're also leading uh, as well as working with, um, because as we move to this more software-centric world, we realize that that that's you know those are the forms that uh, that work gets done in. Um, so we're you know basically working working them both. Mm -hmm. um, and again, uh, you know a lot of this is still in its in its infancy, and it's evolving. Um, but as we get um, you know more adept as we get more confidence in a particular area, um, as we try to put, um, frankly, a lot of the things we built internally, move them to, to the open. Because the open source is, you know, it's a two-way street, right? It's, it's not just taking things in, but it's also giving back. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and frankly, this year, we've, we've done some, some big things here where we, uh, as an example, we released uh, to open source one of our policy engines yep. that we put out there that we're actually using internally within AT&T. Um, we're also working um, with uh, several of the big uh, software controllers out there, mm -hmm. um, and those being, frankly, code bases based on Open Daylight as well as uh, ON Labs, ONOS, mm -hmm. as an example. Um, we're also uh, very involved in uh, OP and FE yeah. um, uh, as a, another great example. So a lot, a lot going out there in this much larger ecosystem. And really to go fast, uh, you really need to play in all areas. Sure, I mean, and that seems like a big challenge because you, you bring up all these organizations that have sprouted up over the past 12 to 18 months who are doing a lot of work uh, in these fields, Etsy obviously has been there a, a lot longer than that, but OPNFV and, and ON Lab and companies like that, organizations like that. And it seems like, you know, the work having to, again, you guys are kind of at the forefront of this. So you guys are uh, pushing to get this stuff out there as quick as possible, but there are the standards and the, 
and the and the back and forth issues that are also, like you said, kind of being played uh, on the other side as well. Where you know, obviously, you want to get this out as soon as you can, but there are you have to look towards the future a little bit too to make sure that these things you know can be backwards compatible and there's you know other things like that to deal with. So I'm guessing that's kind of a, a bit of like you said, kind of a bit, a bit of a challenge for you guys to kind of handle those kind of like you said, do almost dual tracks really, and trying to make sure you know you guys are getting what you need, but also playing with these other bodies as well. Right. Right. Yeah, a lot going on there. And you mentioned it. I mean, interoperability is really important. Yeah. So certainly the standards um, uh, forums are, are very key to make those things happen where we have to have these interface, these meet points. And also we're still dealing with a lot of regulation too. Yeah. And so it's important there that we have continuity there. So <clears throat> again, it's it's a new ecosystem um, and we've, you know, we've got our tentacles and, and all of those uh, major bodies out there. Yeah, well, I know talking with those bodies, I've talked to them a lot here recently. Uh, they're, I mean, they're very ha happy to have a big carrier involved in this too. So I'm guessing, uh, you know, for you guys, I'm sure it's, it's a very nice collaborative effort, but I know from talking to them, they're very appreciative of, of having uh, a, a client out there, a customer out there who's actually pushing this and wanting, to, wanting this to really be out there. So uh, it seems like it's progressing pretty well. Uh, I know you guys mentioned, you know, you are, you are doing quite a bit with your initial rollouts, at least in terms of targeting uh, the enterprise space. Uh, does that still seem like kind of the main, uh, at least initial focus for a lot of these SDN NFD controlled uh, services? Is that kind of what you see as perhaps the, uh, maybe the low hanging fruit at this point, but kind of the easiest to kind of tap into to at least get these services out there and maybe get some, get some uh, scale to these services? Yeah, I mean, that's been our uh, um, initial, uh, you know, entree into, into this in terms of products and services. But as I mentioned earlier too, um, you know, with our mobile packet core, yeah. um, you know, that's also another play that will extend into the mass market consumer-based services. I mean, there's many other things we're looking at as well um, across the access uh, side of the house, if you will. Mm -hmm. And also, we're also looking at uh, customer premise equipment, not just for enterprise customers, but also for consumers as well. Mm -hmm. So as you know, um, we're, we're now officially uh, we just got approval uh, from the FCC on Friday with our DirecTV merger. Yes. Uh, that's underway, and now we're um, uh, very large in the entertainment business. And it, uh, as you know, um, there's a lot of uh, CPE, if you will, on the customer prem there. So we're looking at, um, you know, a lot of solutions to virtualize that could help uh, the experience as well as the cost structure uh, on the prem okay. and you know big focus there are gateways residential gateways set-top boxes things like that all of those components potentially could be virtualized yeah. additionally of course we're looking out in the radio access network as well uh, that's obviously um, a core part of our business going forward and of course there's a lot of interest and potential opportunity in virtualizing those components as well mm -hmm. so we see uh, a lot of uh, extensions, if you will, to help uh, basically the consumer side of the business uh, as well as enterprise. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, yeah, I mean, that mobile part of it, that's almost, that seems like the trickiest part because uh, mobile has such a, you know, dealing with spectrum and, and, and handsets moving around all the time. It's such a dynamic market to be dealing with uh, with a new technology like that. That seems like a, a huge challenge. And I'm guessing, again, you guys are being pretty aggressive with the mobile uh, well, evolved packet core already, uh, but I mean, as you look out towards the the evolution of, of, of virtualization in terms of, of the mobile network, 
I mean, how far can that go out there? I mean, because I mean, I've heard people talk, you know, you can virtualize everything. It's going to all be virtual in the future. But obviously, you need to have antennas at some point out there and things like that, too. But uh, I mean, how far do you, do you see that ability to virtualize uh, on the mobile, house, mobile side of the house there for, for you guys? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's really hard to say at this point. Uh, I mean, we certainly are um, working on and getting our hands uh, wet here in, in that area. Um, but there's, um, you know, the, the number one requirement here is performance. Yeah. Okay? And performance with performance comes reliability. So we have to be very methodical about how we approach. And, and you know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of folks out there that are very aggressive that think they can virtualize it all. <laughs> things that um, probably can't. And so we're going to do things uh, very carefully. Um, but certainly we think there are opportunities out there. And that's where standards are going to be a big part of this as well, yeah. especially with the introduction of 5G. Uh, as folks, as most folks probably watching this are aware, 5G is sort of taking a very wide approach uh, in terms of how uh, it's going to solution um, in the future. Yeah. And certainly uh, uh, NFE and SDN are, are, you know, play a big role in that. And so we'll have to see over time what pieces and functions we'll virtualize. Again, it gets down to performance. Latency is really, really key. Reliability. Um, where these electronics go, uh, a lot of these electronics, is, as folks know, have been very specialized and and been you know physically placed in specific spots to ensure that performance is maintained. Mm -hmm. But again, um, as hardware, especially commoditized hardware, improves, as the uh, software layers on top of it that manage that hardware improve, um, as we get uh, more expansive in our cloud footprint, so that extends out further, that gives us more flexibility and control. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, um, security. Uh, security is a huge area, and it's, it's top of mind of, you know, most are especially our enterprise customers, but also here and internally, that's priority number one. We got to make sure whatever we deploy there is not just um, – performs well and is reliable, but it's also highly secure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything you bring up there, it seems like those challenges uh, from the outside looking in seem uh, enormous. I'm sure from the outside or the inside looking out, I'm sure they're big, big challenges as well for you guys. I mean, I, I guess as you look ahead to this, you know, as a kind of final wrap-up question here, you know, what do you see as perhaps the biggest challenge or two for you guys perhaps over the next, you know, 12 months or so and kind of keeping this momentum going? Because, uh, again, you guys have done quite a bit over the past seven months. Uh, I'm guessing as you kind of get this this kind of layer built, I'm sure it'll start rapidly expanding more and more. I mean, what do you see as the, kind of being the big challenges you guys are still trying to face uh, in terms of uh, kind of continuing this, this evolution? Yeah, you know, I think actually um, the, our biggest challenge is more of a cultural uh, challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the technology is moving along uh, at, at a you know, pretty good pace. Mm -hmm. And it's really about how we internally uh, again, as a traditional hardware-centric operator, network operator, um, how we can embrace this new world of software. Um, you know, we've, uh, a lot of the processes and methodologies that we have in place are based on, you know, very, you know, tried and proven processes that have been developed, frankly, over decades. And um, those, a lot of those things change very quick and need to change quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, we've got a very active program internally within the company. We call it our skills transformation. That's how we're moving folks, moving, um, allowing them to retool, reskill themselves so that they can be um, more adept, more agile, uh, become more relevant in terms of the uh, demands that we need in the new in the new world, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, the, another big challenge too is the uh, the manageability around uh, these new networks. Uh, again, we, uh, as I mentioned, we've sort of built performance and reliability uh, from the bottom up, right? From a very hardware fault tolerant uh, architecture, where we've built in a lot of uh, geographical redundancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sparing and all of that. Uh, and that really changes in, in you know, that top-down approach that the web scale companies have, changed, have, have, um, have used. So um, the manageability uh, is certainly a big challenge, and I think the cultural challenge is the other big one that we're, uh, we're facing. Yeah, that's a great point. Obviously, uh, AT&T has a very long history in the telecom space, probably the longest uh, history of the telecom space. So obviously, you guys, like you said, have a lot of entrenched way of doing things. But but again, this is a new world. And I know we've talked before about, you know, I think you mentioned before about uh, that cultural change that has to happen there. And uh, at least it seems like you, you guys have at least have a head start on the process. Uh, obviously, it'll take a while to get everybody on board of that. But I'm sure it sounds like uh, things are happening at a good pace for you guys. And obviously, t- the technology part of it's coming along too. So um, all the pieces are kind of falling in place, it seems like, for this continued uh, evolution to to your guys' goal of having 75% you know, control by, by, by 2020, I think was the plan. So uh, sounds like everything's going at, at at least at a pretty good pace for you guys at this point. Yeah, they are. It's going. It's going quite well. We've got um, a lot of folks engaged on this. Uh, you know, Certainly, we're doing a lot externally as well as internally. Um, so we're really excited. I mean, this is, in my 20-year career, this is you know, the most exciting transformation I've been a part of. And um, this is um, uh, really a great time and place to be. Yeah, definitely. That sounds great. Well, hey, Andre, we definitely appreciate the great insight today. Hopefully we can catch up again soon. Like, like you said, I know we'll be hearing and seeing a lot more from you guys over the next uh, several months uh, and several years, obviously, as, as this continues to roll out. So hopefully we can get some more updates uh, from you guys going forward. But we definitely appreciate the time on this today. Thanks so much. Absolutely, Dan. Thank great. you very much. Thank you. All right. Great insight there from Andre on AT&T's virtualization plans. Well, that will do it for this week's NFES Day Reality Check. Please make sure to check us out again next week. NFVSDN Reality Check with Dan Meyer is a production of RCR-TV. To suggest show topics or to reach Dan, you can find him on email, dmeyer at rcrwireless.com and on Twitter at Meyer underscore Dan. For more Dan, news on NFVSDN and everything wireless, find your way over to rcrwireless.com.